everything you just said too I think that would be wonderful now I have another fantasy and Evan you can go ahead and tell me how unrealistic this is <laughs> okay, I, okay. I know already that it would take billions of dollars but what if there was another something else besides the NFL another place where players could have that a takes me a union into of, that, that that takes me to the next okay. I was gonna say, but I think I know where you're <laughs> okay. going you mean to, talking about creating a, another league yes okay yeah, I know that's probably unrealistic, <laughs> but I have a No, it's not. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not sighing because I think oh, it's unrealistic. Oh, Negro spiritual sigh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm <laughs> sighing because I just. Okay, let me just let me back up. <laughs> let me just back up here. That actually leaks into a little bit what, what I want to talk mm-hmm. about. I don't want to jump off because at some point we may not do it now, but. Mm-hmm. We're, this is going to have to be a part two discussion. Yeah, yeah. We, may, we may not do it now. But, You're going to have to come I, back, Amber. Eminem's <laughs> in my head, but, I, but it's going to take me way off track. Okay. Um, I'm always, here's the thing. <clears throat> I, I've had people, black people, well-meaning people, when they're taking the knee thing started, which is great, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's great. Uh, and when people started boycott, boycotting the NFL, which is something I did. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to understand, for me, that is huge. I know. Because I love football, man. I know you do. Football and boxing are my sports. And so, but one of the things that keeps sticking in my head, and the question that came up, there's some people say, well, hey, the boycott ain't going to do nothing. And they're saying it. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not say it to me, but they'll tell another friend, yeah, so and so, yeah. They're saying it. And there's others who say, well, well, what's the end game? What's the end game? And and for me, it's all, always, I see Amber getting excited because she has <laughs> an idea. The end game, I think, always has to tie into something economic, man. You know, um, it's funny today I saw this post on Instagram. If you would allow me to find it, uh, I actually <laughs> I actually reposted it. It's by this brother. I don't know him personally, but his name's a Boyce Watkins. So I'm not going to take credit for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take credit for it, but I'm going. But I will read it. And it says economic power is one of the greatest forms of activism there is. I'm going to also call it protest. Don't march on Washington. March, march to black-owned businesses. I know that's a little, maybe a little bit too simplistic, mm-hmm. but the general idea is that somehow we have to. To I, I feel like we can't get leverage that we want on any situation really, unless there's some some sort something that the people with the, the power would respect. Mm-hmm. Now. I, Throw this out there. I want to hear, hear, hear uh, what you think about it. Now, there's two things, and, and I'm not advocating the second thing, but I'm going to say it's, someone has said this. The first thing people said, the money, people with power, power, respect, mm. is, is finance, is mm. money. And the second thing people with power respect, I don't think they respect it, but they're afraid of it, is violence. Mm. You know? And so I'm thinking more of economic. I don't, the violence thing, you know, ain't nobody going to win no, no, I'm not trying to get shot and killed, you know. <laughs> unnecessarily. But I will say that economic, how do we tie protest into the economic, the economic power element? How can we push that more? How can we push that more as an end result? It goes into the same idea you said of, of, of forming our own league, but it's not so much in my mind about forming our own league. It's, for example, and I, and I hate to, to talk too long, but I'm going to have to get this point out some way. When I, in, in Hollywood, because Erin and I come out of Hollywood, 
And oftentimes, it was a long time I would go into audition for a television show, for a film. And oftentimes, you go in for a black film to audition, and maybe if you have three auditions, the first two auditions, you're going to see black people, mm -hmm. you know, sort of going through the process. By the third audition, the decision makers and the producers, nine, nine times out of ten, you won't see black people. And even for a project that's supposed to deal with a black, mm -hmm. black, black life and black experience. I think that's a problem because doors are not being opened in there's no pipeline for leadership for young, talented black people into the studios yes. and into those areas. That's bottom line. I don't, I don't care what anybody says about there's not, well, we're not finding nobody. It's just, that's just there's no pipeline there. Yeah. And there's a lot of nepotism and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I think that the fight has to be, and we've said this over and over again, it's to link protests as quickly as po po possible to some sort of economic growing economic power or leverage and also I believe to the law and politics as well to law mm -hmm. and policy mm -hmm. because I believe that a lot of people in power respect they respect sort of when you when you call like when Colin Kaepernick is now bringing this to to the courts it's going to be a little bit more problematic for them because and at the same time we know in history when whenever you've attacked situations of injustice through the courts a lot of people with power somehow find a way to change the law in their favor. Yeah. And there's still a fight even then. So I don't know if I really have a question, but but I'm going to give you this question. <laughs> how do we well, link, how do we link this protest to economic power? And go ahead, go ahead, Erin. Well, so. I want to speak to what you said just only to disagree, uh, to not disagree, I'm sorry, agree. Okay. <laughs> agree with you and agree with Amber that we need all of them. Okay. We need the legislation. We need the protest. And we need the economic empowerment yeah. because uh, the protest makes people aware and it, it gets people's attention. And then you have people who are aware of an issue who then start to maybe talk to their congressman, their senator, their council person. But change is really not enacted until law is made, which is what Kaepernick is doing. He's, he's taking this to the courts. And that's going to affect either people's pockets mm -hmm. if they get fined or, you know what I mean? So this is when true change happens. And then, of course, empowerment economically is always a benefit. I want to say in my fantasy, we have a league thing. It was never a league for just uh, people of color. It, it meant everybody. everybody. And, and I just mm -hmm. wanted to make that clear. Mm -hmm. I meant a league different where people could be people and just play the, the, the game. You know what I mean? Play the game and, and make a stand without being threatened or called uh, negative curse words by our uh, commander-in-chief. <clears throat> That's what I meant, where people were treated like players and not property, mm -hmm. and where every man's humanity was recognized and appreciated and respected. That's what I meant. But, I mean, the league can change. This country has made a great change. We were slaves. And we were we were never slaves. We were treated as slaves, and and, and then we had an African American president. So this country is a country that changes, and hopefully the league will follow suit. Okay, let me say two more things for for you for you respond. One thing I want to and say, I know she also has to go too, right? Well, she had three thirty, right? We'll, we'll get you out of here. Yeah, we got three thirty. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, okay, got it for a minute. Okay. The one thing I oh boy, we shouldn't set the time, should we? <laughs> We're going to cut it anyway. See? Cut that time out. I didn't even say it. Uh, it wasn't even me. No, I, I said we... No, no, no. It's all good. We're I good said we got edited. some time. We got some time. And here okay. you go. All right. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> going it. What I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I was talking about the league and inclusiveness and humanity. Does that help you? No. Keep talking. I'm sure we get back. Um, Kaepernick, the league, and, um, and economic empowerment. Mm-hmm. 
Amber can speak on Amber it. And, and you remember. Good, yeah, I call <laughs> You um, go. You go, millennial. <laughs> not millennial. Go on, young gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I remember I was watching there's a there's a web series called The Grapevine which sits a whole bunch of millennials down black millennials in particular and we talk mm. about the, well they talk about these issues I feel like we cuz I want to be on it um, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but they talk about the issues and the one thing that somebody said boycotting could do um was at least allow the space for us to figure out where to go next. Mm. So if I say that I'm just not, instead of watching this on Sunday, instead of watching this on Monday, then I'm going to sit in my living room where I'm going to gather some people and we're going to actually talk about how to make this actually hurt people's pockets effectively, how to turn this into legislation and that's also resistance without, like, I feel like we always have this pressure that we have to have everything figured out right now. Oh, that's a good point. Right. Um, and a lot of times that works to our detriment because we try to speedily get things through and and it doesn't always work like that. Mm-hmm. So at least allowing mm-hmm. the space to say, I'm not going to watch this. And for this two, three hours that I would be watching this game, I'm going to sit and talk constructively about how our community community can move forward, how we can work for policy, how we can build legislation. Then at least that's a starting point for us mm-hmm. as a people in a way that we can do it healthily so that it's not a rush. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Thoughts, Aaron? I agree. You're, you're shaking your head. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to remember what I was going to say, and, and, and it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Profound. I, it, it was, was going to shake profound, the table. man. It was going to shake the table. But <laughs> all right. So <clears throat> economics, mm-hmm. we're on that. Musicology. Mm-hmm. Ethnicology. Ethnomusicology. Ethnomusicology. Yes. It's funny, we did we did actually talk about one of the things Erin and I talked about before we did this uh, podcast is we sort of planned sort of for this episode. Mm-hmm. We talked about forms of protest, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about one now, yes. economic. We talked about sort of mu- the music. We see, which actually kind of takes us into Eminem, which is w- actually what not what I was going to talk about. But, <laughs> but, it, but it's funny how Eminem, he's really out of the 2000s, but we talked about hip-hop. Uh, was our form of protest in Generation X in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And here we have, you know, here we have uh, uh, Eminem. Millennials, who, uh, millennials. yeah. Is, is Eminem well, a millennial? Uh, no. No, he's not. M- millennial, um, Eminem is us. He's Gen X. He's Gen X. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about that. Now, you're going to be a professor one day. One day. You're going to be a professor one day. Yes. All right, you now. Know, you, you have this, this, this strong thread of, you know, we got to write these things. And let me just say this. I remember Dr. James Cohn came to, uh, came to uh, Yale. Damn, yeah. I'm trying to remember where he came school. to. He came, came here. He came here. <laughs> and he said something profound. He said, and, and this kind of ties into that, that black church sort of phrase that says, you know, you know, our job as Christians is to occupy till he comes. We got to occupy <laughs> till he comes, meaning that we don't just stay here and just sort of wait on heaven, which is what we're talking about. Recently, uh, recently, we have to be doing some work. We have to be doing some redemptive work mm-hmm. that sort that basically uh, uh, shows God, and sort of uh, shows that we're part of this kingdom, this the, the light set on the hill that cannot be hid. Mm-hmm. The, that's what the Christian faith should be. James Cohen said something about, you know, he still has that fire because they never learn. They never learn. They never learn. I believe like this, 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 the fight for ju- for justice and for just systems and for 
for for those who are who are not getting the opportunities or those on the margins is something that's is going to be never ending till 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 the end of the age mm-hmm. and and I think it has to be part of the definitely part of the Christian DNA but it goes now going back to music and music and and protest let's talk a little bit about that you know mm-hmm. I mean that that might be is that the area that you're passionate about yes, it at all? Okay, t- tell course, us a little bit course, about how, how about that in terms of what's going on in your head because I'm not even going to ask you a question. You, no. you have, you're bursting with something to say here. <laughs> not bursting. Are you talking to me? Or no, I'm talking Amber? to Amber. I'm sorry. Not Amber. bursting, okay. but I'm always, you, always, always thinking about music and thinking about the type of music, not only the type of music that's coming out right now, but what music is doing in protest spaces, particularly because there are a lot of elders that I've spoken to who are concerned because they don't think that they see music the way that it used to be in protest spaces. So where are the hymns? Um, where are, why aren't we singing as we march? Like things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing about what type of music is being produced, my God, you have Cranes in the Sky, A Seat at the Table, Solange. Mm. That album still sailing. She had worked on, I believe in, in such a, a, at such a time as this, um, where she had been mm. working on that for six years. Mm. And she dropped it at a moment to speak to black people mm. in a certain time of resistance that it was needed. You have <sighs> Lemonade um, that came out that was about black mm. women. A lot of music speaking particularly to black people. So not necessarily... And black women. Not ne- yeah, black women. Not necessarily mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. like the gaze of whiteness on us, but mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. us, to help build mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. Um, to mm-hmm. make sure that we are well and making it through. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of music I see. You have Chance the Rapper. A lot of the people that are doing stuff in Chicago, Chance the Rapper, J. Cole, like there's music coming out in these moments of resistance that I think, resistance, that I think is very, very inspirational. Mm. Um, and I think if you can look at the music that's being developed at certain points and times, it'll speak a lot. It can act as scripture. It'll mm. speak a lot to what's going on. It, it can it can prophesy, whether it's sacred or secular, which are distinctions that I don't necessarily believe in, but it can prophesy to certain moments. Um, so mm-hmm. I, very passionate. I want to, yeah, and I want to speak to that. Hold on, Ev. Um, sorry. I want to speak to that because I think that the reason, I'll say the baby boomer generation, and then some in my generation, is because the way my mother receives music or gets music is different. Mm-hmm. So she's not getting, she didn't see Lemonade. Yeah. You know what I mean? She yeah. doesn't download music. It didn't come to her as a CD in a store. Right. So my mom didn't know about it unless I told her about it. Mm-hmm. But I totally agree. I mean, Lemonade affected me just as a, a black woman. Mm-hmm. It spoke to my soul. Yeah. And it said, I see you, sister. I yes. love you. And it, and it worked to build me up. So I completely agree with everything you said. I feel bad because I didn't get Solange's. Um, but I'm a little oh old, God. too. I don't listen to Chance that much, but I like him when I hear him. <laughs> so now you're going to make me go out and or, or download certain art. I'm getting Solange today. You call Please. it a crane in the sky? Um, oh, it's called that, a seat at the table. A seat at the table. A seat at the, oh, well, that's even better. A see, seat a seat at the, seat at the table. better than that. Explicit. Yes. <clears throat> Black. And you know, you know it's funny. And I want to say, too, this generation has a different way of protesting and um, uh, older generations tend to sometimes, and not everyone, look down on it because it's not something they're accustomed to mm-hmm. or familiar with. But you, 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 you know Sean King, right? Yeah. He wrote for The New Yorker, but he did so many social media protests that brought about change. Mm-hmm. I mean, real legislative change mm-hmm. in people's lives. And so that is a viable avenue of protest through social media Absolutely. because you can galvanize people quickly and easily and you get and, and, and businesses and corporations listen. Yes, Look they what do. they did with Dove. Look what happened with Pepsi. It was Pepsi, right? They're that listening. one ad. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that speaks to the economic too. It hits their exactly. pocket. It hits it's their advertising pockets. dollars. Mm-hmm. And I also want to pick like so. I've been on Twitter more um, than Facebook these days. Mm-hmm. And what I found mm-hmm. interesting is a lot of the people that start the protest on Twitter are not millennials. They mm-hmm. are Gen X. So April Rain, who did Oscar So White, could be my mom. So mm-hmm. like, there's this there's this myth of a generational divide That's along great. the lines of social media that that I think needs to be nuanced a little bit um, because a lot of the big ones that I'm seeing they're coming from people who've been on Twitter from the from its inception. So we're we're twenty twenty late twenties when Twitter like really picked up boom. So it's their platform. So I see them utilizing it more um, as a way to promote change and a, as a way to push. Um, social justice issues and advocacy more than I even see millennials doing it because they know how they I'm know glad the, you said that. they know the mm-hmm. platform better. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Speaking of music and it's now I remember what I was gonna say. Speaking of <laughs> music right. of music, Amber actually introduced me to this guy and I told you about him, Aaron, because I, I like some of his music music is Sora's Sora's potentially theme music for what we're doing is show Baraka. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I would say some of his stuff in yes. narrative is completely yes. protest. And, wow. and with a another person I have who yeah. Baraka, like if we wanted to even talk about the ways that um Christians are are responding mm-hmm. um to protests and things of that nature, you have People like Show Baraka, but also people like Lecrae. Lecrae, you um, told me. Are, she told me about Show Baraka. Who you are about you know Lecrae? Who is who mm-hmm. is very well was very Christian mainstream. A lot of white audience members who turned on him when he started mm-hmm. speaking about social justice. When he started mm-hmm. saying no, something's wrong here. Then the mask. The people buying his tickets were white, very CCM Christian, um, contemporary Christian music. Base. Mm-hmm. Those are people that were filling up his mm. arenas and they mm-hmm. flipped on him when he started speaking up for social justice. Mm. So, like, the fact that you can listen to a black man rap, but as soon as he talks about his black experience <clears throat> is an issue, um, mm-hmm. I think is at the heart of a lot of contradictions yeah. that we see. Something's really wrong with that. Let me, I'm, let me, let me, let me mention what I was going to say before I forget because I wrote it down here and then go back to that. Uh-huh. You said, because um, I think we're running out of time and I wanted to make sure we close out correct. Mm-hmm. I had to exactly. There was a when I posted an, uh, a, a video of Eric Reed, t- kind of reminding the press again why Kaepernick took the knee, why he took the knee, and this one guy I know, white man, Christian, nice guy, no, lawyer, good guy, generous, mm-hmm. good dude, sort of says something like, "Yeah, I have your, I have your oppression here," and I said to him, "Okay, that's all right." I re- and I hit him back on 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 a reply. I said, "So um." I'm not gonna say his name. I'm call him. I'm call him Wayne. I was gonna say Bob. I'm not gonna say, gonna say Bob. <laughs> I said Bob. So, what? 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 What about this upset you so much? Mm-hmm. I think you may have seen this. Like, what's the vitriol? You had the same issue. I said, what's the vitriol about? What? Why? And I and I wasn't trying to criticize him. I said, so tell me what? What? What's the problem with what he's saying? Why does it bother you? And he came back to me and he said, well, I don't agree with him one way or the other. I just have a problem with people protesting our flag and I'm like it's not about the flag and so I had to go through that whole sort of explaining to him and he still didn't get it and then one of my friends unfortunately when you jump on my page and say stuff I'm gracious but not my but not Uh many of my friends from school aren't so gracious and when they attack you on my page for saying some craziness I'm not going to defend you so so that's the one that's the one thing I'm going to say I'm, and I, this is just a quick comment. Okay. I'm really kind of sick and tired about the misrepresentation of the protest to be against the flag. Yes. And I don't know how page. many times, how many people 
have got to say that it has nothing to do with the flag. Mm. It's like people are choosing to believe their own narrative. How many veterans have to say it for you to say this is not, we fought for this right to protest. (laughs) This is not what it's about. Don't make this about me. And then the White House comes back and says it's about the flag. I'm like, okay, but that's, that's another thing. Okay. Now, the one one thing I want to point to, we talked about advertisers and the economic part and how that economic thing pinches mm-hmm. guys. Think about when Jamelli Hill mm-hmm. even like implied, oh, if you have a problem with Jerry Jones, then just deal with the advertisers. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she's suspended. And the, and the president of the United States and, and, and is concerned, instead of thinking about Puerto Rico and the other, these, these, these other places, it's concerned and North about Korea, and North Russia. Korea and Russia. <laughs> you know, it's, this this lady gets suspended for just making the, even in, even sort of implying that you should affect um, someone's money because when you deal with the advertisers, that's what you do. It doesn't matter to me that the, and the NFL is paid up. I didn't know this seven years in advance. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. No, it's that seven years is gonna come and go real quick. You know, I think. Let me just say this about football, and I'm just gonna say it. You know. Um, Part of me feels that, and I love football, man. I love football. But part of me feels that black people should start to sort of, there should be sort of a slow over the next 10 years attrition of black people mm-hmm. playing football, being involved with it. Um, you know, get more tennis, pays a lot of money. We saw we saw Sloane Stevens' face when she <laughs> got her check, you know. Play basketball, play other sports, man. Get into hockey, you know. Get, we should get more of us should get into hockey and some other sports. Because I would love that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, so, I would love that. Or if you play football, very dangerous. Well, I love football. Yeah. You know, and boxing's dangerous. But but or if you play, like let's say, if I have a son, he wants to play. I say, look, man. All right. And and let me tell you something. The NFL is not that. A lot of the corporate world is is, is racist in terms of they discriminate. It's a lot of mm-hmm. that, you know. So it's the America. NFL, yeah, so it's, it's America. So but. But I just, but as far as if I have a kid says he he says you know dad I want to play football I love football and he may be gifted I said mm-hmm. okay cool I said play but understand sort of the culture you're dealing with mm-hmm. and I'll tell him about Kaepernick mm-hmm. and then and then try to own a team use it for what it's worth don't stay too long so 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 when you get out you don't have CP, CTE yeah. you know, on a, on another level yeah. Play, use your gift, but don't stay too just like if you're a boxer don't stay too long get out and build some build some sort of economic strength for yourself and your family. I want to say that, uh, I, and I'm not watching right now. I'm not, I'm boycotting yeah. football right now, but it's more of me not knowing if I, as a black person, can even participate, um, even like just by looking um, at something that is racist one, but also they have issues of domestic violence. They have issues of how they treat women, how they address women problems amongst their players, how they address drugs. Um, you have the issue of CTE. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of reasons and this might just be the the Kaepernick thing um, and police brutality might be like an overarching like wake up call. But there was a lot of reasons for me to really think about what I was consuming in the first place. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily dependent on what it's going to do or what it's going to affect. But for me, can I sleep at night knowing that I'm watching this and, and all of these things is going on in the background. But I also realized that it's nuanced. So I know like for for mm-hmm. football you have the equipment, but if you go to schools, a lot of schools will give you the equipment if you can play really well. For like tennis, you oftentimes have to play for that court time to practice. Mm-hmm. You have to play for those. T- so if you're talking about people um, <coughs> in poverty who mm-hmm. wouldn't otherwise have another chance. Football, um, boxing, to, like, basketball. Football, boxing, basketball because the equipment is either minimal or free. 
Um, so if so, I I recognize like the kind of tension there. What do I tell um, folks that really don't see another way? Out. Like, oh, play hockey. Hockey equipment is expensive. expensive. Like, yeah. like practicing on the Learning like. If how you want to skate, if you want to practice, so if you play basketball, you can find You're like right. a you can find a court and shoot hoops and have somebody practice with you. An ice skating rink, you have to rent that time. So I think it's more <clears> nuanced. <throat> yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. I think it's time to sort yeah, of. the same thing with mm-hmm. baseball, right? Yeah, because baseball, baseball too. used to really be the American national mm-hmm. sport or. But but it isn't anymore. Yeah, I mean, not that many people watch it. It's the uh, it's gone down considerably, and I think that's because it's expensive to have that baseball diamond and the equipment. In difference, I mean, you know what I mean. You mm. don't have that many people playing mm. anymore. Mm. And mm. the same with, but you know what is growing? And I'm in California. Um, we call it soccer. Europeans call it football, mm-hmm. but it, it's really growing out yeah. here. I mean, yeah. the kids. On Saturdays, I live across the street from a park. It is filled with different teams of kids playing soccer mm-hmm. or football. Yeah, and that kind the, of football. And it's the most popular sport in the world, I believe, at this yep. point. Yeah. And, and I hope that kind of you know Gross. becomes a, a really um, watched American sport. I hope it gains uh, ground out here. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Cool, we'll see. All right, well, cool, man. Hey, so I think I think. Man, we can go on, but I think I think we got a lot done. We didn't we didn't get to talk about a few other things we had here, but we talked about quite a bit. Uh-huh. But we we're gonna talk more about it. And like I said, the goal and Aaron and I talked about this is just to to dig to keep keep one thing for sure is to keep the rhetoric and the narrative straight. You mm-hmm. know, we need the people out there doing it, and and one more voice can't hurt. Yeah. And particularly if we're if we're integrating. Uh, theological vision and just I just want to say this last thing that uh, when you talked about vision at the top I'm going to close it out and say this uh, one of the things I learned this year is just the idea of just the theological vision let's say the best way I can define it is sort of dealing with not only sort of sort of the moment what you have to deal with two things I think what, what's going on culturally in that moment mm-hmm. you know and sort of uh, of time mm, I'm going to jack it up now because I don't remember how to really define it but the, the theological vision does deal with sort of sort of moments mm-hmm. not not just you can't just you you could miss the moment mm-hmm. that you need to address a certain issue in because the moment will come and go and yeah. one of the things the church has to be aware of and Christians have to be aware of is the moment of time that we're dealing with i think social media uh, and i, I want to say this is makes the moments come a lot faster now you know make the moments come a lot faster and and, and i think that's why it's a Protest is so key using social media now. Um, you, and why maybe we don't have uh, uh, one main leader now mm-hmm. because there's so many moments and so much is happening and they're so diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that sounds like an amen corner, but that's not what it was. <laughs> but that might be <laughs> kind of And I agree idea. because social media makes us global and yeah. it connects us. We, we found out what was going in the Arab Springs. We can see what's going on in Syria and Egypt because of it's social media and it happens in a moment. And um, that's why it's so imperative for Christians to pay attention and let our voices be heard and be the leaders of these movements. Around the globe. Through Christ, through the word. Yeah. Yes, around the globe. Because that's what he's called us to do. Amen. All right. Amen. Well, well, thank you, Amber. Thank you for having me. Man, we're going to have you back. And Amber, please, hey, we're going to, in the future, we're going to do a women's 
discussion yeah. too about women's, women's issues, and you have to please have to come back for that. Please, so, I will. Yes, no, no, well, you have to. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're not it was, asking. It was, have, it was a question. Okay, you, we're gonna bring you in. Yes, ma'am. Yes, we <laughs> absolutely have to have you. I, I can't wait to hear your voice when we talk about these different issues. As you know, women's issues are varied and many. Yeah, but look forward to you know just. Your intelligence and your brilliance. So bring it back, lady. Amen. All right, y'all. Hey, this is Aaron Sands, and we want to thank you so much for joining us today on The Other Side. Now, the First Amendment to the United States Constitution states that Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech, of the press, or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. And frankly, that is one of the many things that makes this country great. It's what makes this country blessed, the right to, without fear, lift our voices for change. Now, personally, I have participated in peaceful protests, and in doing so, I am always reminded of how fortunate we all are to live in a nation where we can protest without the threat of violence. And no, I'm not naive. Every protest is not peaceful. Some abuse that right. And unfortunately, there have been times when the folks who are protesting peaceably have been harmed at no fault of their own. Yet and still, those incidents are outliers. Most protests in this country are peaceful representations of people, all different kinds of people coming together to spread awareness and facilitate change. That is the greatest part of this country. That is why people want to come here because of those freedoms right there. Now, unfortunately, we live in a very divided time in our country. People are angry, people are afraid, and as a result, people are protesting in various different ways. Some out on the streets, some on social media, some artistically. I'm not here to judge how you protest, but more to assert everyone's American right to protest. Now, though I do not personally agree with the methods done by some in the NFL who chose to protest by taking a knee, I am deeply offended by those who choose to judge and demean their right as U.S. citizens to protest as well as those who choose to question their commitment to our great country. It takes courage to speak out and to take a stand so that this country that we all love will live up to its highest standard. Now, you may not agree with the method, but that doesn't give anyone the right to decide that the people protesting are anti-American. It is one of our greatest American traditions and one of our greatest American rights to peacefully protest. And I pray that we are always a nation that supports people's right to lift their voices or to take a knee for change. Now, speaking of the NFL protests in particular, my hope was always that it would leave the stadium and go out into the community. We need to take the protest to the communities that are being affected by police misconduct and galvanize those citizens into political action that may actually pave the road for tangible, lasting change. If we're sick and tired of people being slaughtered while unarmed and compliant by those few police officers who abuse their power, then let's work with community activists and state legislators to get laws in place that say a special prosecutor must come in whenever police misconduct is in play. Now I realize that there is no law that's gonna change the fear or hate in someone's heart that will cause them to commit a heinous act, but the law can serve as a deterrent to behavior. Another thing that can be done is retraining police officers on effective ways to deal with residents and communities unlike their own which in many studies has proven beneficial for the police officers assigned to those communities as well as for the residents. 
When police officers receive sensitivity training, lives are saved. When police officers know that a special prosecutor will be brought in if they abuse their rights and that they will face prison time like any citizen, then behavior changes. A knee brings attention, but a law brings change. Let's put common sense reform into play and get true consequences enacted through legislation. It can begin with a protest, but it must always end with legislation. Now, thank you again for joining us on the other side, and we hope you come here often to hear respectful discussions done in a relevant, respectful way. God bless, and we hope to see you again. Thanks for tuning in to The Other Side. Join me on the journey at AaronSands.com, or you can follow me on social media at Aaron L. Sands. You can follow me on Instagram at Evan the Conqueror or on Twitter at Evan D. Park. Thanks again. See you soon on the other side. The views expressed on the other side are those of the hosts and the guests and do not represent the views of Yale University.